So we're going to talk about retention today, which is a really interesting topic to kind of plug into our hiring and onboarding series here. But I think one of the reasons why we really wanted to talk about it was it is so important right now. What is happening in the marketplace, what we're experiencing as leaders with the amount of not just turnover, but also, as we talked about before, kind of the stress on the labor market, it's much harder to find good people. And so keeping our good people is more important than ever. Welcome to the Overly Human Podcast, where we discuss all things human in the workplace, because it's not just business, it's personal too. We're starting to see some interesting things happening in the marketplace today and some reactions by leaders that uh, I thought, you know, would be kind of fun to talk about and important to talk about. So I'm excited about today's topic. How are you doing, Rob? I'm good, Tracy. Yeah, I'm excited about today's topic, too. Like this is, you know, something obviously we've paid attention to for, you know, years and years and years. But you know, just to be fully transparent, like our turnover numbers and retention numbers kind of took care of themselves for almost the first decade of doing Sparkbox. We had, you know, for the vast majority of that single digit turnover numbers and, you know, retention was really, really good. Um, We actually had conversations along the way is, is our retention too good? Um, and you know, the, over the last couple of years, that's kind of flipped on its head a little bit. You know, we're still in line as we've talked about before with kind of industry averages or better, but it's been something that we've definitely become, um, more prioritized in our leadership conversations and, you know, had these conversations to see if we can, you know, affect change here. Yeah. And when the, the stress on the labor market, when we become very aware of it or we feel a little bit of the pain of how hard it is to replace somebody, sometimes as leaders, we can get a bit fearful. And when we get fearful, we can start to make bad decisions or fall into habits we shouldn't. And we're starting to see leaders become much slower to fire people they should fire. And we're seeing leaders become, you know, a little bit quicker to promote when maybe they shouldn't promote people into those empty positions. Either people aren't ready or they're just not the right person for that seat. And so we want to just kind of heighten awareness around this. You know, how are we doing as leaders with this marketplace? And how is our team feeling? And how are we reacting to our maybe fear around people leaving? And are we kind of maintaining good habits? Are we sort of, you know, letting things slip here and there and giving ourselves kind of the excuse, well, it's hard. So I know he's a jerk or I know he's kind of disrupting the morale or she's she's a super negative person, but, you know, we need the warm body. We, we have to keep somebody in that seat. Or I know they're a little green, but, you know, I I think they can rise to the occasion. We're just going to go ahead and and promote them and give them those responsibilities. And we don't realize, you know, kind of that 
long-term effect to this kind of short-term fear-based decision. So are you seeing that when you're talking to other leaders or interacting with people about the marketplace? Absolutely. I mean, it's, I've seen that several times, you know, in conversations that I've been in and, you know, somewhat even in our own organization of, you know, like there is a lot of fear. There is, it feels like, you know, there is a little momentum if a couple people leave and there's more people going to leave. And, you know, it's really easy to look at everything and then start operating out of fear rather than like good principled decision making. And, you know, like, I don't think it's all just fear. There's some reality in some of these scary Mm -hmm. things going on, right? If we don't have the people that we need to run things, then, you know, these, our businesses will suffer, right? Like, especially if you're in a service-based business, like where you rely so heavily on having qualified, you know, humans (laughs) that can do the work, interact with your clients, those, that is your, the, the thing you're selling. And, you know, so I think it's not only just fear, like there's reality mixed in there too, but separating those things out a little bit and just accepting things for what they are. And then what effect can we have on the realities that exist, I think is a huge piece of this because one of the biggest things that I'm seeing is this whole idea of second degree turnover, second degree burnout, where we don't have the people we need. So we're asking more of the people who are still left to their detriment, that they're doing more than they should, they're committing more than they should, and they're either burning out or they're becoming, you know, like um, wanting to leave or move on because their new reality sucks, right? (laughs) For lack of a better way to put it. So like, this isn't only just a first degree problem. I think that and when we're looking at our turnover numbers, like we have to be careful to recognize all of the effects. It's a lagging indicator on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, kind of the silver lining, I'm starting to see, you know, when we're getting phone calls at Navigate is that, that leaders are realizing, you know what, I need to pay attention to the people that I have and maybe some of these people who are struggling, um, maybe I don't necessarily need to fire them. Maybe I can coach them up. Or maybe some of these people that are a little green, maybe what I need to do is get them some training. Whereas before they may not have invested in coaching or may not had it, have invested in training. Um, now they're willing. They, they realize that's a good investment because, you know, they could help this leader become a better leader. They can help this person be trained up into that spot a little bit sooner. And so instead of, you know, paying the price on the back end of hiring or firing, they're actually investing in their people to coach them up. Um, And I think that's, you know, definitely a silver lining to the situation now, or looking at their processes and realizing, okay, if we're going to be a leaner, meaner version of ourselves, how can we have the right processes? How can we have the right support systems in place, whereas before maybe they weren't paying as keen, you know, putting as keen of an eye on every little aspect. And so I will say that I I have seen that to be a little bit of a silver lining of what's coming out of this is that leaders are leaning in a little bit more to how can I make the situation I have better? Can I change it for the better? Yeah. And that's just intention. And I think that's the, you know, like that gets back to the not operating out of a fear place, 
but operating mm-hmm. out of a reality place of what can I do, what affects, you know, what changes can I affect inside my organization? And, you know, usually there's quite a bit, right? Like that's yep. the, yeah. you know, like one of the things that I say all the time is, you know, if something's going well, that's at my, my company, that's, you know, somebody else probably did that, but if it's broken, that's my fault and I'll take responsibility yeah. of it. So that's one of those things that I think we can all like be that first person to, you know, step up, look at a problem, find other solutions, you know, and if we, you know, that fear, what what I find a lot in my coaching is, is fear has a effect of really narrowing focus and seeing a smaller and smaller solution set where is if we stop and take a look at it and try to remove some of that fear or give names to it, our, you know, the, the view starts broadening a little bit and we get a little more creative about solving those problems. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey. Navigate the Journey comes alongside entrepreneurial companies, allowing them to get what they want from their business, their team, and their leaders. Learn more at navigatethejourney.com. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I know we want to keep tossing out some tips around retention. And um, before we started recording, we started talking about, you know, how your team got together in this last week. And we started talking about the importance, especially today, of physically getting our teams together. So talk about how that was for you all. Yeah. uh, So just to set context here is, you know, prior to 2020, we were a we had a couple offices in a couple different cities. And the, you know, the vast majority of our team was in one of those offices. We still had a couple of remote people, but that was the exception, not the rule. Um, you know, when things kind of changed in 2020, uh, we've gone and now we are a remote first distributed company. So last week we got the entire team together for the first time since 2019, since becoming a fully distributed company. And it was awesome. <laughs> just to meet all of the people, right? That like you had worked with, that you had talked to, that you did, you know, possibly weekly Zooms with, but had never really been in the same physical place. And, you know, we kind of uh, designed the week to where our major goal was to have people be able to enjoy some shared experiences together. So there was some, you know, different times for, you know, education and team building and, you know, like fun activities, but, you know, I mean, just some of the the memories that you can build, right? Like meeting somebody for the first time and realizing, oh, you're taller than I thought you would be, <laughs> or you're a lot <laughs> shorter than I thought you would be, amongst another bunch of other realizations. And, you know, we were just doing a, you know, there was on our Slack channel this morning, people talking about it. And somebody made the comment about one of our employees being really good at everything, like all like cornhole or, you know, throwing things or like remind everybody, don't go up against this person if there's any kind of athletic pursuit involved. And like those things last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're so important. I mean, I know we've talked about trust and the fundamental attribution era and that the best way to, to really build trust is to get to know each other just on a simple, just getting to know that person better, learning more about who they are, where they came from, you know, how they think, um, how they laugh, you know, what makes them 
you know, who they are really bonds us in a way that we are able to be more productive. We are able to be more forgiving. We are able to, most importantly, assume the best first of -hmm. each other. And that is really key in high-performing teams. And when, you know, we want success for people that we know. And when we know each other better, we want success for each other, not just the team and not just ourselves, but actually for the individuals on the team. And that's very unique um, thing to cultivate on teams. So just simply getting teams together is important. And then I'd say phase two of that is to educate the team together. So you're not just together hanging out and getting to know each other, which is, you know, like I just said, very important. But you're also learning together, growing together, you know, learning tools together that so you have the same language, um, learning how to become a better team. Teams don't just wake up great teams. They, you know, it does doesn't just come together, just like leaders don't just wake up good leaders. They have to grow in that skill. And I think it's interesting for teams to realize that being a team is a skill that we learn together. And when we're educated together and we are growing together, we are becoming a better team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had a somebody came in and facilitated a workshop on courage, trust, and bravery in the workplace. And, you know, that was a pretty intentional choice that we made. Um, and one of the big benefits that I think we got out of it was by having a third party come in and facilitate that for you know, the vast majority of a, one of our workshop or retreat days was everyone got to be a participant. And that includes, you know, Ben and I, the, you know, the owners, founders, leaders of the company, as well as the leadership team. And I tell you what, it was a really cool experience being able to participate with, you know, lots of people on our team in a way that I didn't, it wasn't my room to hold. That's the best way Mm -hmm. I have to put it and how I could show up and participate in some of the role-playing exercises and some of the discussions got to be different because I wasn't leading. I wasn't trying to hold the room together, you know, obviously still showing up intentionally and all that fun stuff, but just very different from a, Hey, we're going to be peers today. We're in this together. Yeah. And that, is so important. And we, you know, when we go in and and facilitate teams, we tell the leaders, like, we want you to sit back and participate. Um, We don't want you to lean back too far and not be a participant. Um, We want you right there in the thick of it. Because your team needs to see you as part of the team too. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, if they see you as separate from the team, You have a very weird dynamic that is really hard to dismantle. The us versus them um, is a very hard dynamic to dismantle. So you want to work very hard as business owners, as leaders, to make sure that dynamic is not put in place. And the best way to do that is for your team to see you participating. And it's really hard to participate if you're leading every single session of your team retreat. That's right. So, yeah, I think, you know, you guys experiencing that and your team viewing you doing that is priceless. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Highly recommended. Retreats are a great way, I think, Mm -hmm. to help, you know, remind people 
that there is people on the other side of the Zooms, right? Yeah. Like they're humans. Yep. They have other things going on. It's so easy to turn them into just, you know, robots. Yeah. Yeah. And when you feel part of something, you want to stay part of that something. Yeah. And that's retention. Yep. Um, one of the other tips that we kind of wrote down was, I think, and this is even more true in the last couple of years, is really sitting down and reviewing your compensation and your benefit structures. Um, there's been a lot of move in the market, depending on what the role is. Um, you know, we've cited some numbers in the past that especially like some developer designer salaries have gone up as much as 30% in the market over the last couple of years. And, you know, like I, nobody ever wants to talk about the money side of retention, but if we have to, we ha can't ignore it. That is absolutely on people's minds. They are seeing those same studies. If you can find that information, your team can find that information too. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually becoming more and more transparent. And you probably see this in the news and see it in the trades that people, companies are becoming more transparent about pay structures. And, you know, what you want to do is just review your pay and make sure that it's fair. I yep. think if you can feel confident in that, that you're paying your people well, that it's fair market value, that all of those things um, are there, then you can feel confident. I think when you start to put your head in the sand and say, oh, I just really don't want to look at it or I don't want to do an increase, it's going to hurt our bottom line, our profitability and all of that, then that's when you get in trouble. That's when all of a sudden you're like, wait, what, who's leaving? And it's yeah. it could have been just as simple as slightly adjusting your pay structure and you end up paying somewhere. You're going to pay and having to replace that person or you're going to have to pay, you know, and making sure you have a fair, fair pay bands and, and people are, are put where they should be within those bands. So, yeah, it's it's a necessary step to take if you want to keep your people. Yeah. And, you know, like over the last couple of years, our humans team has gone through and done the research on all of our roles, started with good job descriptions then did all the research. And then we went through the next step and actually shared that research with our team and said, this is what we're finding. This is what we're going to base our pay structures on, the research that we found. And, you know, as well as like total comp statements where here is the total compensation you're receiving, fully loaded costs, all that. So it's all transparent. And that's done a lot of good of helping build trust, but also transparency with the team to say like, hey, this is what the research that we're doing, and here's our here's our source work, right? Here's our citations about what we're finding and how that translates to our pay bands, how that translates to our career ladders, and oh, by the way, everyone fits into those, right? Yeah, yep. And I think I think you're doing exactly what you should because it's only becoming more transparent. It's you know the days of kind of having the, you know, should we be transparent? Should we not? Those days are starting to just kind of fade. Um, and I think the the market is forcing leaders and business owners into a space now where uh, you're going to have to be as transparent as you possibly can be. And I think showing, as leaders showing your team that you've done the research, that you care is very important because they know even if you can't, you know, outbid a huge company like Amazon or Google, 
you know, in the end, it's fine if they know you care and you're trying and you really understand the bands and you're working within those. Um, I think that's for some people, a lot of people, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's enough. They don't need some ridiculous, you know, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of big companies are paying what they're paying. You know, that's part of their retention plan yeah. um, and trying to keep people. But some people want more than that. A lot of people want more than that, but they always want to know they're being paid fairly. Yeah. That is and, for certain. And like, you know, one of the things that like when we, this is brought up again among my peers, one of the criticisms is as well, you know, like, what if we tell people like that and they're not happy? And I'm always, my response is always is people are writing their own story if you don't give them all the information. I promise right. the story they're writing is way worse than reality. You're yes. better off, clarity is kindness. You're mm-hmm. better off telling them what they are, how it works, and being as transparent as possible because otherwise people will make up some bonkers stuff that is not based yeah. in reality at all. That's <laughs> true. Sadly, human nature does lean towards the negative. Yeah. So, and the crazy, um, and the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I think the last thing, last tip we had on here was, um, and I mean, we could give about fifteen tips, but we don't want to take all day. But we we kind of picked the top ones here, and and the last top one we wanted to toss out was communicating recognition. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's really it's it's a big one recognizing your staff, you know, from a structural standpoint but also organically in the moment. Um and like we've talked about before, you know, that just takes awareness and intention to to wake up every day and and it is literally on your to-do list to recognize someone, recognize the team as a whole, recognize an individual contributor, but to really not let the day end without you know, seeking out and recognizing the good work that's being done. Yeah. Say thank you. That's what people, most people (laughs) want to hear is thank you. And, you know, we talked, we did a mini series on this, on the five languages of appreciation uh, a couple months back. Go listen to those. Those are still absolutely Mm -hmm. apply here. Um, But yeah, that whole rec, it's not, that's one of those things that doesn't take that much effort and it usually doesn't have that much spend associated with it, but it can have a huge impact and is contagious, right? Like people want to be led and people will model the good leadership that they see. And if you at the top are taking the time to recognize and say, thank you and do a show appreciation, you better believe it'll happen up and down your organization. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the rise in remote workers, you know, it, it hasn't, humans haven't changed. Humans want to be seen and known. And so recognition is part of that, uh, is, is part of seeing them and knowing them. So I always encourage, encourage my leaders to, to be unique in your recognition, to actually think about what you're seeing and to name that skill in the person you're recognizing. So instead of just saying, hey, you know, thanks, Bob, for you know, getting me that report, maybe saying, you know what I really like is how you do this when you're putting the report together or that how you are so cheerful when you give it to me or whatever it is that you see in that person that you really appreciate, you know, whether it's their, you know, how detailed they are, they color code this, 
you you would be surprised when people hear that they they're like, oh, he noticed that. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, she really thinks that about me. And that is being seen and that is being known. And I think the more as leaders that we can take just that extra added step, that makes it more organic, real, authentic, as opposed to just like a blanket. Um, So stretch yourself a little bit every day and actually seeing your employees, seeing your teammates, um, because, man, I don't know if there is a better, more lasting retention tool than seeing the people that work for you. Yeah, that's great. All right. Any parting thoughts here, Tracy? This is a big one. It's an important one, but I think every tip we gave today is not difficult. The difficult part is remembering them and doing them, but they're not hard things to do. Yeah. All easily overlooked, all easily to dismiss, but it's, if you're not doing them, the impact will be profound. Yes. Yep. So go forth and stretch yourself a little bit today. Yeah. Show up intentionally and everybody will notice. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey and Sparkbox. For more information on this podcast or to get in touch with Tracy or Rob, go to OverlyHuman.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and tell your friends to listen. Thanks. Thanks.